Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, book by book, chapter by chapter, and here it is, Joshua chapter 9. You know, we, we finally just ended this long stretch that had to do with just everything with Jericho and the aftermath of Jericho and I and all this, and now it begins this new section, and this chapter what is going on? There are so many questions. Uh, the The title in the ESV, the little heading they put in there, the Gibeonite deception, right? So who are these people from Gibeon and, and what is this trickery they're up to, right? They, they seem to pull one over on Joshua and the Israelites. And I mean, what's the outcome? Is it good? Is it bad? Were they supposed to do that? Uh, is it okay? But I thought that people were supposed to be able to ally themselves with the people of God. So lots of questions here. Um, at the very least, it's certainly another um, interesting story, but we got to make sense of what's going on. And I'm glad that we have one of our regular guests here today to help make us sense, uh, make some sense of all this for us. We've got Pastor David Boisclair, pastor of Faith and Bethesda Lutheran Churches in Pine Lawn, Missouri. Welcome back, brother. Good to have you back on the show. And yeah, this is uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. And it's not totally obvious what to make of it. Yeah, it's it's great to be with you today. Uh, yes, it's uh, it, it's quite a kind of a, a little bit different tack in in the uh, sailing of of the conquest of the of the uh, promised land. Yeah, and well, and, and as you can see, the you know it's, it's kind of like uh, you know at it, it first it looks like they're winning, then then they're losing uh, with Aiken, uh, yeah. his his evil, and then. Um, and then now, and then they finally, of course, destroy I, and uh, then and then you have uh, some some cunning people that come into this. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I'm glad that you uh, use the word cunning there because that's actually the word that's used in the text. Um, I mean, in the ESV, they put the heading in, giving I deception, right? Um, but cunning is what seems to be the focus in the text, and that is an interesting distinction to make because. As you said, yes, this is kind of this is kind of different from what we've seen in Joshua, but it shouldn't sound unfamiliar to readers of the Old Testament because this idea of someone with cunning kind of comes into the situation and kind of gets away with something, um, and even somehow kind of seems to get God's mercy on them. This this seems to have happened all the time. I'm thinking in the in the book of Genesis, or I'm thinking about Tamar and Judah. Right, I'm thinking about Jacob yeah, and like yeah. everyone he encountered, basically. And Tamar and yep. uh, Bathsheba and all yep, of them yep. are in the Lord's pedigree, in, in the Lord's uh, uh, genealogy right. at the beginning right. of that gospel. I mean, it, it's kind right. of like, so, so you can see like a sinful situation where uh, God uh, works in spite of the fallenness of humanity. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, you you see it, you see it again and again, and um, though though it's interesting that in some places it doesn't necessarily. I mean, I don't know if it's presented as um, as as a negative thing, cunning all the time. Like I, I'm thinking of like Ruth, for example, right? I think that Ruth and Naomi. That's definitely a story that. I, I mean, of course, I think their their faithfulness is on display, right? And and, and yes. their maybe you could say their work ethic, but but there is a certain level of like cunning that they employ uh you could yeah. say when it, when it comes to boaz and it doesn't seem to get presented in a negative light there at least so 
I don't know. It, it seems like the the theme of of cunning or or wisdom is perhaps um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a little bit larger than just the idea of deception. Yeah, and we'll and we'll see that uh, I guess in the as we look at uh, this chapter and and uh, I think it's interesting. Our Lord had something to say about it too. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, very, very good, very good. And we'll make yep. sure that we save some time to talk about that. So, uh, thanks for helping to introduce the text. Would you say a prayer for us as we get started uh, for us and for everyone listening along today? I'd be delighted. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, in our Lord Jesus Christ, we are made your holy people, your church. Grant that we might be a light to those who do not know you, a city on a hill that cannot be hid, or as a light that is not placed under a bed or a bowl, but on a lampstand, that all may see Christ as the light and salvation of of the world. Guide our study today and grant us the humble desire to even be doorkeepers, in your house, then to dwell in the tents of wickedness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, thank you. And that, that, last, uh, that, la- that last petition, which is, a, of course, a worthy petition, one that's uh, from the Psalter, right? It uh, yes. gets me thinking about the, the, the so-called curse at the end. Like, how much of a curse yes. is it really? But we'll, we'll, we'll get there, yeah. It's uh, it's it's very very interesting. There's, it's kind there's of a so sanction. many compa- Maybe we could call it a sanction. Yeah. That's a nice fancy well, word. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. There, there's so many comparisons that we're going to make today. So every everybody just uh, buckle up if you've been following along so far um, through Joshua's first eight chapters. Uh, you will be rewarded for that today. Otherwise, you might want to go back and uh, catch some of the other ones on the podcast. A very easy podcast app. Just uh, you can ask Alexa if you've got that, or if you have like a Google podcast app or the Apple one. It's really super easy to find. Just just search for Thy Strong Word, and there it is. All right. Well, let's get started here. I want to read just the first two verses because it, it introduces this uh, new section and it takes this kind of unexpected turn at the very beginning. Um, as we've seen a lot of these stories, they get introduced that way. So here's the first two verses of Joshua chapter nine. As soon as all the kings who were beyond the Jordan in the hill country and in the lowland all along the coast of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites heard of this. They gathered together as one to fight against Joshua and Israel. All right. So just a very interesting introduction for many reasons, right? You got like the whole list, right? It's just, just name everyone basically. (laughs) So this very um, emphatic way of saying like just everybody was on the same page um, in their hostility towards Joshua and the people of Israel. And, And the thing that struck me when I first read it was, you know, isn't it, I mean, I mean, is it, doesn't it seem kind of ironic? Isn't this exactly what, they were trying to avoid have yep. happen, right? In, in that we, we remember when they lost to I and they were embarrassed, Joshua got down on his knees in the intercessory prayer and was saying, you know, Lord, please do something. Uh, don't you know, like if everyone hears about this embarrassing defeat, aren't, they're just going to, they're going to all team up against us and they're going to trounce us. And right. here it seems like, you know, even though God intervened and, and gave them I and Bethel, that in the end, they still are all going to gang up on him. So, like, what's what's going on? Did, did I backfire? So, what's, what's up? 
Well, uh, you know, they, they, in looking at that, uh, they saw there's kind of a weakness. They can be defeated. I guess whenever you're you're fighting a battle against someone, um, you know, if you fight, you you want to know what their weaknesses are. And so, and, and perhaps that might deal with this particular chapter because it obviously is in being faithful to what God's direction is, that the, uh, the people of Canaan are to be devoted to destruction, or kerim is, is the Hebrew word. And then it's, kind of, it's related to, well, now it, it's come down in, in uh, Muslim countries as jihad. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, that, that in at least when God, of course, is, is kind of taking a direct role in, in um, you know, making a place or making uh, a, a land for his chosen people in order to prepare right. for the coming of the Messiah, that, uh, you know, that those who are worshiping false gods, those that oppose God and his will, uh, you know, it, it, they're devoted to destruction. Of course, this is, this, this is kind of problematic in, in, in when, you, when you think about uh, just that idea, you know, are we going to support jihad or something, right. or should we have jihad against? Uh, see, we, but we don't have a, a theocracy like they did. I mean, in this particular case, God had a, a particular will in, in bringing his people into the land that he promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob uh, in, in past years. And, um, and so, uh, again, in, in this particular situation, uh, they're, they're actually pretty smart. So the, the Canaanites and, and these, in these other nations, which are sons of Ham, incidentally, mm-hmm. right. uh, and that kind of ties into uh, the curse of Ham. Right. It's actually the curse of Canaan. A lot of times uh, we know that Ham was considered to be like the uh, third, you know, the three sons of Noah, that Ham right. were sons of Ham were would be inhabitants of Africa, and so a lot of times, uh, like in in our own present, uh, well, not in the immediate past or probably a hundred years ago, they were said, well, they're they're under the curse of Ham. No, 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 no. Uh, it was only Canaan, Ham, one's, Ham's one son that the, this curse was levied. And in this, of course, this particular chapter shows that that curse has come true in the case yep. of the Gibeonites. Yeah. Right. Oh, no, thank you. Those are several good points. I mean, the last one you just made, again, another connection to Genesis, right? So, yeah. um, so many things going back to Genesis. So, so the curse of Canaan being one of them. Um, uh, the, the other thing that you mentioned, too, uh, this idea of of finding like a, a weakness, right? Or like some kind of vulnerability in Israel. Um, I, I want to get back to that in just one second. Um, but, but then I guess the thing that you were, you were just saying here, um, I mean, uh, about like the theocracy, right? Like a very, yes. very good point as well. We've kind of been talking about this, like all through that, you know, this is a very particular situation where, I mean, uh, I, I'll never forget. I had a, I had a pastor once who said, the thing was at, at this time and place in human history, like it was like w- when spring came around, it was like, this is when Kings went to war, like the same yeah, way right. that it was like, Hey, it's like baseball season or something like that. It's it, like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. This, <laughs> this is, this sort is of why, like, a, this like is, this, a, something, an, an activity that you want to engage in. It's sort of yeah, like a, right. This is, this is the situation. And, and it's like, I, and it's like, I know to us, and we're kind of like, you know, chuckling about it. It, it, it seems almost comical, 
to think that because it, it seems like something like oh yeah th- that would never happen that's some some kind of like d- dystopian literature but like the, the sobering truth is i mean this is what humanity was like and in many ways it still is but i mean the yes. the geopolitical situ- situation was just like this it was just like war was just like what you did when like it was you know good to go outside and so uh in that kind of really bad situation you know god is is making the most of it here and um so that this this you know jihad or harim as as it is is in the hebrew um is i i feel like it's sort of like god um he's kind of showing the most mercy like possible in a very bad fallen situation And, and of course that you know had things been better um or like today for instance right um i believe that god would not have us uh, do you know Herim, because the, the situation is by god's grace different and at least in one sense it's it's better right so you make you make a good point about that's why that's opposite. why you have to be very careful when you use the old testament yeah. to inform uh your your activities as christians I mean, we are we are under a new covenant. Not to say that the old covenant is is annulled or 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 disparaged, but but we're we're not we're under a covenant in which Christ is the uh, savior of all people. Uh, this is a situation where you had a specific instance of God uh, making His will known, uh, you know, through a direct means to Joshua and, and Moses and so on. And and um, it, it it it's different now because now you have the coming of Christ. You have the promise that all people are to be the beneficiaries of of the gospel. Uh, that and 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 it and it's wrong sometimes. Like you know, sometimes with certain um, Protestant denominations, where they might say, "Well, we're God's people, so we have the right to." Uh, uh, you know, dominate other peoples, you know, politically, you know, right. it, now, now a, a political system is an adiaphoron, at least as far as God's word is, you know, you obviously you have to follow the Ten Commandments, but you should not think that, oh, we're, we're, we're God's nation, so we can go around and, and kill people, you know, for right. our own benefit. And so yeah. it, it, in a sense, you have to be very careful how you use this and understand that this is a very special situation. This is God bringing his chosen people into the promised land in order to prepare for the coming of Jesus. Yeah, and, yes, and so, yeah, that, yeah. that's yeah, that that's well said. I mean, and it's uh, yeah, yeah. Part of it is, you know, uh, like you were saying, just the the, the, the the it's hard to say. I don't want to say that the scope has been widened because the scope has always been that all peoples right. on earth will be blessed by the seed of Abraham, right? And we saw this exactly. with, with Rahab, right? That Rahab was taken in to the people of Israel. So, I mean, we've seen this again and again. So it, it's not that, you know, like God used to be like all for Israel and now he's like for everybody, like he's nicer or something. But but as you said, right, I mean, the, the situation has changed. We don't have a, a Joshua figure who's both like, you know, um, I don't know, the Pope and the president just to kind of simplify that right um, yeah, it's different 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 different, different situation together right exactly. different, different situation there yeah so no th- good good points um I, just briefly on the on the first one that you raised the the idea of okay you know what, what's their weakness how can we deal with these guys so just yeah. just briefly i was looking at this and i i was sort of like okay i don't what what's going on here because in uh joshua what was it it was chapter 
uh, right? It was in chapter seven, right? Mm -hmm. Joshua, he tore his clothes, fell on, fell to the earth on his face, right? Um, and this is what he then says, where is it? It's, um, it's uh, in verse nine of chapter seven. Mm -hmm. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it, referring to the, the embarrassment at I, and will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? Right. So, so there's his petition. He does not want them orchestrating a coordinated attack on them. Um, and it seems like God intervenes to, to stop that from happening. And in, ver in chapter nine now, what we just read, where it says here, they all gathered together as one to fight against Joshua and Israel. Um, it does, I, I would say this isn't backfire. And this isn't, this isn't like, oh no, they're, they're joining and making an alliance anyway. But, um, we might be reading too much into that verse too, if we take this to mean that it was a grand alliance, because the, the next verse is not like, you know, and then the Hittites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites assembled their armies upon the plain of Jericho and marched upon Israel. Like that, that's not what it says. Right. right? Like, right. so it, it seems like, and this is a bit speculative, but I mean, you, you kind of uh, have to fill in the blanks when they're, they're there. Um, it seems like what happens is they had a meeting and they all said, hey, guys, like these guys are bad hombres. Nobody make an alliance with them. Right. Like if we start allying ourselves with these guys, um, we're, we're never going to be able to resist. So everybody stand strong. We're all Canaanites here. You know, if they come up to you, you don't you don't make peace with them. It seems like it was more like adopting a common policy. Mm -hmm. rather than they're all going to like do this big pincer attack, which would have been really bad. Um, is what Joshua was scared of happening. Um, right. But so, yeah, I, I don't think it's a backfire so much as it is like this policy of no, no alliances, which I, I think also is shown by the fact that in verse three, which we should just read before our break already <laughs> um, mm -hmm. in verse three, um, there is one group that doesn't go along with the plan. There's one group that's like, no, I think we want to try to make an alliance. <laughs> we want to cut a deal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you guys can, you, you guys can, you, you make your bed, uh, but we're going to try something else. <laughs> we're um, going to, we're going to be a little bit more wiser than you. <laughs> yeah. see. And so that this, okay. So that we're going to come back to that. Right. Cause it seems like on this certain level, like Gibeon is like, this is the, this is the, this is the better thing to do. Um, but anyway, so here it is. Verse three, let's read this, uh, this, this next, uh, uh, through the next paragraph here, uh, before I break here. All right. Verse three. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and to Ai, they on their part acted with cunning and went and made ready provisions and took worn out sacks for their donkeys and wineskins worn out and torn and mended with worn out patched sandals on their feet and worn out clothes. And all their provisions were dry and crumbly. And they went to Joshua in the camp of at Gilgal and said to him and to the men of Israel, we have come from a distant country, so now make a covenant with us. But the men of Israel said to the Hivites, Perhaps you live among us. Then how can we make a covenant with you? Then they said to Joshua, We are your servants. And Joshua said to them, Who are you and where do you come from? They said to him, From a very distant country, your, your servants have come because of the name of the Lord your God. For we heard a report of him and all that he did in Egypt, all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and king of Heshbon and to Og, the king of Bashan, who lived in Ashtaroth. 
So our elders and all the inhabitants of our country said to us, take provisions in your hand for the journey and go to meet them and say to them, we are your servants. Come now, make a covenant with us. Here is our bread. It was still warm when we took it from our houses as food for the journey on the day we set out to come to you. But now behold, it's dry and crumbly. These wineskins were new when we filled them and behold, they've burst. And these garments and sandals of ours are worn out from the very long journey. So the men took some of their provisions, but did not ask counsel from the Lord. And Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live. And the leaders of the congregation swore to them. All right. So, yeah, just a very, very interesting scenario. I mean, I, I love the way that the story is told in this this dialogue. I mean, I mean you just you just see the, I mean, it, it's not like, Joshua and the Israelites are gullible, right? They're suspicious from the outside. They're like, right. hang on a second. Who are you exactly? Where exactly are you from, right? But but they they just sell it so well. Everything, right? Just is It's just perfect presentation. Um, yeah, and so, and in the end, um, it seems that, that they're duped. But somewhere in there, we just read it, right? It's not just that they were duped, right? Right. Yeah, it, it, and 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 uh, they well, they they also failed to follow uh, the procedure. They should they should inquire of the Lord. You know, right. I mean that's that's kind of a weakness on on the Israelites' part in this case. You know, if you you know, okay, you're going to make a very momentous decision here on making a covenant with these folks, and uh, well, why didn't you inquire uh, at the right. with the Urim and Thummim? You know, from right. the high priest. And, uh, you know, are they are they telling the truth or aren't they or something like that? Yeah. Right. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't it, it, it it's it ultimately is in God's plan. And I, I'm reminded Jesus's parable of the shrewd uh, of the dishonest but shrewd manager. Uh, uh, okay. he, he ends the parable by saying, for the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And so, you know, it's kind of like a, the Gibeonites uh, provide a um, an illustration of that, uh, in in that they're 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 more shrewd in what they yeah. do. They're, they're pretty ingenious here, you know. And, yeah. and and in a sense, they're saying, well, now now the, the, basically the big issue is faithfulness to Yahweh, and right. and uh, they're saying they're saying we want to be faithful to Yahweh. We want to, right. we heard about your God, we know, what, see what he did for you, and so we want to be in alliance with you. We want, and, and in a sense, there's no direct statement of that, but it's an implication that we will serve Yahweh. And so, and there is provision for that uh, right. in, in the instructions of, Mo, in, you know, in the law of Moses and so on. Um, let's see, uh, I think... Uh, one of the commentaries I had uh, offered, Deuteronomy 20, verses 10 through 11, when you draw near to a city to fight against it, offer terms of peace to it, and if it responds to you peaceably and it opens to you, then all the people who are found in it shall do forced labor for you and, and shall serve you. And so, I mean, and, and, and also there's provision for people from that are non-Israelites to come right. into, the, into the nation, although they're not, right. they're not, clean enough, of course, to be full participants in, in, right. uh, in the uh, religion of, of God's people. 
Right. You, you raise a, a number of really good points that we're going to have to get back to when we come back from the break. But yeah, I mean, like it just there's a lot of questions here, right? Because as you said, there is something and, and it's really interesting just how uh, aware of Israelite religion and, and the God of the Israelites that the Gibeonites seem to be, right? I mean, they seem to be aware of this provision in Deuteronomy that, hey, if we say that we're from uh, beyond the Jordan, then then there's this provision in Deuteronomy that we can get peace, right? So we need yeah, to trick right. them. And I mean, so it's really crazy. It seems how much the word is is getting out about Yahweh and his people. Uh, we'll just have to hang it up right there but uh, for, for the first half here. But everybody hang with us. We're looking at Joshua chapter 9, the most interesting chapter on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back. Pastor Mark Hawkinson, host of Moments of Assurance. Jesus said, if anyone enters by me, he shall be saved. You can help us continue to get that message out around the globe while there's still time. One way is to become a church or organization of the week. For a gift of just $595, your church will receive 35 30-second announcements during the week of your choice, identifying your church as well as upcoming events and happenings. And your pastor or a representative from your church, they may record those announcements or we can produce them ourselves either way. In addition, your pastor or representative will have the opportunity to be on one of KFUO's programs. It's a wonderful way to expand your mission outreach and to help KFUO Radio to do the same. For further information, call me, Mark, at 314-996-1520 or mark.hawkinson at kfuo.org. Are you the type of person who loves their community and wants it to be the best it can be? Now it's easier than ever to do your part. Go to RecycleMo.com to see just how easy it is to recycle the right way. Or if you already recycle and want to be as efficient as possible, RecycleMo.com can tell you what should and should not be recycled in your area. Become part of the clean recycling movement today. It's the right thing to do. Sponsored by the Missouri Department of Natural Resources. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Joshua chapter 9 today. We've got one of our regular guests on today with us. We've got Pastor David Boisclair, pastor of Faith and Bethesda Lutheran Churches in Pine Lawn, Missouri. A very interesting chapter. We just read about this. The, the Gibeonites seem to have pulled one over on Joshua and the Israelites, convinced them that they're foreigners. Oh, yeah, you can make peace with us. We're from so far away. Look at how, you know, beat up and torn up all of our clothes and provisions are, you know. Oh, just have mercy on us. We're no threat to you. Uh, and, they, and they buy it. Well, but because they don't consult God, right? And so, so right. many questions come up from this. I'm going to encourage everyone listening live. If you do have a question, uh, I mean, there's lots of questions we're going to be looking at, but if you've got one for us here, questions or comments, you can call 1-800-730-2727, or if you're in St. Louis, 314-821-0850, or as always, an email also to kfuo 
at kfuo.org. And also, as always, thanks to our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Check them out at lhfmissions.org. So, yeah, so 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 many questions, right? And uh, one of them, let's just start with uh, the, the, the verse, the scripture that you just brought up uh, from Deuteronomy, right? Mm-hmm. That there, there was this provision that, that Moses gave them, uh, of course, that God gave them through Moses, um, that for people that were beyond the Jordan River, right? Yeah, if, if, if you come to the city, you're supposed to offer them a, a chance, a way out, right? right. Um, and and if, they, if they make peace, then, then great. Um, that, that's actually there, right? Uh, as you, when you were mentioning with like Rahab, right? Like there is opportunity um, for, for even Rahab, who's, you know, they're on the other side of the Jordan, um, the, the cis Jordan, right? Um, even there's opportunity for her to like join herself to the people of Israel. But right. there does not seem to be a provision for these people um, west of the Jordan. And, and so that, right. that seems to be what's going on then with this comment that we get at the end of verse 14, right? Um, perhaps more literally, but, you know, so, so the men took some of their provisions um, and because they hadn't asked counsel from Yahweh. So, I mean, there is this like, hmm, you know, moment, like it seems like Israel has messed up by doing this. Right. And, and it, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think about it, putting myself in the Gibeonites' place. Yeah. Um, like, I, if I were them, I would do exactly the same thing that they did, because I, didn't want, right. I wouldn't want my family or my children to be devoted to destruction. Uh, to, I, I, I want to survive. You know, I, I'm, I'm right. concerned about my own skin. But then you've got to think about the other side of the coin, that, that they would be against... The other nations, they could, and and then and you see that in the next chapter that then right. the other nations attack Gibeon, right? So 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 maybe it's a two two as two sided coin here. Maybe that that they're concerned about their, uh, you know, their that their survival, but but they're but they're also actually taking a risk by by siding with the Israelites here. And yeah, uh, no, true, true, and, and I like I like the way you put it, right. Put yourself in their shoes. This is exactly what I what I was doing as I was reading this again, and I think probably what a lot of our listeners were doing. You're like, well, now hang on a second, because as when we get to the end, we'll see that Joshua he curses them, right? Um, and and there seems to be this indication in the text that what went down was was bad on a certain level. But when you put yourself in their shoes, you're like, well, what else were you gonna do if you were a Gibeonite, right? Like, be like, oh yes, yes, uh, fellow fellow men of Canaan, you know, Jebusite and uh, Perizzite brothers, we're no, no alliances, right? We're going to stand up to, I mean, and then get wiped out, right? I mean, like, is that what they were supposed to do? Um, Well, you know, I mean, come on. So, so from a sympathetic perspective, it it seems like, I don't know. I mean, they're kind of doing the best thing that they can do at this point. Um, Although it is deceptive. I mean, and I think we've talked about this before. I mean, even, even Rahab, I mean, she lies to the yeah. uh, the guards who come, right? She uses deception, right. but like, the, I mean, it is in the context of of war, right? I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, I mean, war <laughs> for everything that goes on in war, like deception is like the least bad thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, right. there's, there's so right. there's so many bad things that go on in it. So, I mean, it, it does it does feel like the Gibeonites. 
I, I don't know, like, the, the, like on a certain level, like you just can't really fault them. Right. Exactly. You know, it's interesting that, you know, as far as deception or is it always is it always wrong to lie? Well, right. yeah, yes, right. it is. it's a sin. Uh, think of the, the midwives who lied to Pharaoh uh, that right. uh, the, the Israelites, you know, so, so I mean, there is a concern in God's word to preserve people's lives. Um, you know, right. and, and I'm not saying that we should we should encourage lying, but I'm just saying that. Uh, uh, you know, there. You know, and 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 in a sense, the real issue, the reason that these people are opposed by God, is because they worship uh, idols. They right. worship the Asherah. They worship Baal. Uh, they they. Um, and in the case of the Gibeonites, there's the prospect that they will serve Yahweh. You know, that they will be, uh, you know, and, and, and in a sense, they become, they actually have a blessing here because, as we'll find out later, uh, the Ark of the Covenant is brought into their confederation to one of the cities that was confederate with Gibeon, Kiriath-Jerim, right. uh, which uh, is also known as Baal Judah, and that is where the Ark find, ends up after it comes back from uh, Philist, the Philistines in First Samuel. And uh, and then and then they are the water bearers and the uh, woodcutters for the house of God, for for the uh, right. you know where the ark is, and, right. and and that's kind of why I, I quoted from what is it Psalm uh, eighty four where it says yes. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Right, and right. So, so that's kind of just some of the ideas behind that. The real issue with devoting people to destruction is: are they on the Lord's side or not? Are they yes. are, are they going to oppose uh, the true God? And uh, and, right. and at least in the Old Testament context, that was that was something that was uh, also involved a political decision. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, and that's and that's true. And it goes back to your your comment that they were taking on some risk by um, allying themselves with with Israel, which actually, right, is is a demonstrative kind of again of how um, they are really kind of doing the best thing at this point. I mean, it's actually like a moment of faith for the Gibeonites because they're like, yes. you know, what we think that we have better odds trusting in uh, trusting in this God of Israel. And, and these people than these Canaanite guys and their gods. I mean, like it, it's actually there is something really like uh, to to be commended in the midst of it. And and I do appreciate then for that reason your comparison with the uh, parable of the shrewd manager. Um, yes. uh, though I do take a particular interpretation of that that parable because uh, that is one where again, if you look at the text, it doesn't actually say anywhere that he was deceptive. Um, there is some indication that he was acting within his rights, um, yes. and that, yes. and that you know, so so what's being commended to us, by example, is like the shrewdness, not necessarily the deceptiveness, but um, that that kind of like aside. I think the comparison is a good one still because there there is this idea that the shrewdness um, in itself is not is not bad, and in the right. end, it's true. Israel shouldn't have made this covenant with them. It's not right. what God told them to do. They didn't take counsel from God. It says there, right in there in verse 14. So they mess up. But as far as Gibeon goes, um, it, it was really the best thing that they could do at this point. I mean, not, not to excuse them. And see, this is the problem. I, th I think in our modern context, we want to say that, like, in every situation, like, there is always, like, 
a right decision, it's probably a consumeristic instinct, I'm thinking, right? Or like an individualist thing, like there's nothing wrong with me. I just, as long as I make the right decisions, right? Like this is so much of our parenting and stuff. It's like, well, do you like the consequences of your decision, right? Like this is the stuff that we have like in the yeah. schools but you have and to stuff. Be careful. You, you, there's a, always a slippery slope under those circumstances. Well, well yeah. That, it's interesting that they, they uh, one commentator uh, mentioned in um, uh, De- Kyle Dalich, I, I, I consulted that, uh, they, they're, that there is a commentator that says, it, notice that the Gibeonites don't mention any, any knowledge of Jericho or I. They do mention Og and 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 uh, uh, and, and the other the other king, and but they don't mention they don't mention anything that, recent history, <laughs> because that would betray them as as uh, people that live in the vicinity. So, well, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, that's right. I, I feel like yeah, we definitely we, we want to make excuses for them, right, and say like, oh right. no, lying lying was it was. It was just, it was just fine. It was good, but but no, like <laughs> white, it's um it's a white lie. It's a white. Yeah, yeah, lie. no, no, it's, it's fine. Yeah, no, and this is this is our this is our thing, right? Like, oh well, it's a lie. It's not really actually bad if it's like for a good cause. Like this is what we say, right? And it's so bad. Um, but but no, I mean this is uh, and this is something I think that in our Lutheran tradition, I, I I'm grateful for um this sort of boldness not not boldness is an arrogance but really i think it is boldness and trust in the mercy of god that paresia. we can say that's but that's the boldness that's involved the parousia you know as the the disciples said may we preach your word with great boldness you know and they received yeah, yes. the holy spirit for the yeah, purpose that's right. of that parousia yes and i think in this context the boldness is we 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 can live with the reality because it is I believe a reality that there are um, like when we look at all our decisions in many situations right they're all just sinful every single one of them um, right. takes us down a route of of sin um, there's something like flawed and bad and not okay about it um, but we can actually say you know what like we can go forward and pick the least bad one like we we it's like pick your poison but like we're going to pick the least the least harmful one the the one that's going to do the least damage and um you know i i know that you kind of mentioned other protestant traditions there are some that say like no in every single situation right there's going to be one option that's like pure and uh holy and like blameless and faultless and I, I think in our lutheran tradition we just say like that's just not being realistic because exactly. as you were saying the Gibeonites' real big problem was their like idolatry. I mean, right. their their godlessness, right? I mean, their their total, um, their their total heathenism, and that had been going on for such a long time. They put themselves in this situation where the best thing they could, they could do was lie. So it's on them that they're right. lying. Yeah. It's not like exactly. it's not like God's not being fair or something like that. Like, oh, God should have given them an option that was like pure and holy. Like, no, that they had one. Um, but they swatted it away. So now this is what they're left with. So they have to lie um, b- because of their sin, but it is the best thing they can do under the circumstances. As you said, better for them to lie, which is still sinful, than to just let all their women and children die um, in right. you know, harim. He- uh, so they're, they're picking the least bad option, and it's sinful, um, and Israel shouldn't have accepted the deal, but... Right, God is merciful in the midst of this. Um, both, I mean, on on both sides of it, and so I mean, right. in the end, I feel like you can look at this and be like, "Oh, well, just how broken the world is." Right, that we have these situations where no matter what we do, we sin. Well, 
Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like, just look at how God's mercy is active, even in these situations. I mean, God's mercy is, is crazy. It, it knows no limits. Right. And it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. That's why Luther says sin boldly uh, yeah. to Melanchthon in a letter. Exactly. And, and, and it's like, live your life fearlessly if, and, and, and dedicate yourself to God. And then if, if you have sinned, then, then ask God's forgiveness. But, but, but be active and bold in his right. name, you know. And, 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 of course, seek to do no harm, of course. That's kind of the idea. In this, case, in this particular case, there's, there's a, a seeking to save lives. And, and, exactly. And, and, and that's what's what they really have in common with Rahab. Yes. And what's really important here, too, is, is the fact that the Israelites, uh, you know, gave them a promise in the name of God, in the name of Yahweh. And so, and so now here the Israelites are, are kind of uh, put in a position where they have to honor this promise, because otherwise the Canaanites will, will real, uh, think or come to the impression that they're not faithful to Yahweh. The Israelites are not faithful to Yahweh. So now they, they, really, they really put themselves on you know, uh, out there, uh, you know, on probation, you might say, in, in amongst the people that are there. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I think that's well put. And uh, I appreciate the Luther quote as always too. I mean, sin boldly, right. And, and we understand that rightly, um, that when Luther says that he's not saying sin deliberately, he continues that because do not be ashamed to consider yourself a sinner, or, you know, in a way, or do not uh, shrink from considering yourself a sinner because Christ died for sinners. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, exactly. I mean, it, it's it's go forward in faith and try to do good, and don't let the fact that your efforts to do good will inevitably result in sin because we're we're fallen beings. Don't let that stop you from doing good. And Luther was very big on this boldness of go out there and serve your neighbor. You know, right. make it happen, get it done. Your neighbor right. needs you. God has given you these good works to be a blessing, right? Because we are fulfilling uh, the covenant made to Abraham to be a blessing to all peoples. God, God wants us to go out and, and serve our neighbor. Uh, but we know at the end of the day that, yeah, that's going to involve, um, it, it's going to end up resulting in our sin. But as you were saying, the, the thing here is not that they're deliberately sinning because they're like, well, okay, well, let, let's just sin here because it's really kind of the, the least bad option, but it's more like we're going to try to save lives and it's going to end up, it, it's going to end up bad. I mean, we're going to end up having to lie about this in the end. It, 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 this will probably inevitably happen. Uh, right. But I mean, the effort is like trying to do, make the best of what you can. And so there is, I think something that's a good exactly. parallel for, for, for us there, but I mean, you mentioned also, again, like the, the, this curse, and you kind of put it as like, you know, like a sanction or probation. So maybe curse is like not the worst outcome here. Let's go ahead right. and read the last section. And I want to read um, the description of this curse and what happened, because, I mean, it is it does actually fit this pattern, you know, like just because you see curse, you're like, oh, gosh, this <laughs> Old Testament stuff. It's all like curses and, you know, damnation and, you know, j jihad. Right. It's like, well. Yeah. Take take a step back here, okay? So let's let's read the the last chunk and appreciate what exactly is this uh, punishment or outcome here. So, verse 16 to the end. 
At the end of three days, after they had made a covenant with them, they heard that they were neighbors and that they lived among them. And the people of Israel set out and reached their cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon, um, Kephirah, Beroth, and Kiriath-Jerim. But the people of Israel did not attack them because the leaders of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord, the God of Israel. Then all the congregation murmured against the leaders. But... All the leaders said to the congregation, we've sworn to them by the Lord, the God of Israel, and now we may not touch them. This we will do to them. Let them live, lest wrath be upon us because of the oath that we swore to them. And the leaders said to them, let them live. So they became cutters of wood and drawers of water for all the congregation, just as the leaders had said of them. Joshua summoned them and he said to them, why did you deceive us, saying we are very far from you when you dwell among us? Now, therefore, you are cursed, and some of you shall never be anything but servants, cutters of wood and drawers of water for the house of my God. They answered Joshua, because it was told to your servants for a certainty that the Lord your God had commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you. So we feared greatly for our lives because of you and did this thing. And now behold, we, we are in your hand. Whatever seems good and right in your sight to do to us, do it. So he did this to them and delivered them out of the hand of the people of Israel, and they did not kill them. But Joshua made them that day cutters of wood and drawers of water for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord to this day in the place that he should choose." So, right. So the, the jig is up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the leaders, the leaders are in a bad situation, right? Cause the people, it says there, right. The, the congregation, the, the people of Israel, right. Like they, they're not happy about this. They're like, right. guys, we remember what Moses said. Right. And, and we're, and we're tired of like all these bad things that keep happening to us when we disobey. So you're bad like leaders. Can disobey. Yeah. Like, like Aiken, Aiken. right. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what are, you, what are you doing disobeying the word of God, our leaders? So, I mean, so really the people of Israel, this is actually a good moment for them uh, because they're, they're, hold, they're trying to hold their leaders accountable to the word of God. So that's actually, right. like, good, good on their part. That's what you're supposed to do. But, but the leaders explain, like, okay, you're right, but, like, we swore by God's name. Like, we can't, I mean, God's name is so holy. You, you cannot back out of this, right? Because if they back out now, right? Well, they're breaking the commandment, right? Um, I mean, one of the Ten Commandments, actually, right? Like, right. you shall not, you know, uh, take the name of the Lord thy the God, Lord in vain, God in vain, right? I mean, so uh, we we can't do that. Two wrongs aren't going to make a right, right? So they're so they're stuck. It's kind of like uh, also, you know, the the blessing of of Isaac to his son, Jacob, you know, I mean, he told Esau, you know, I can't take away the blessing that I gave, uh, you know, in the name of Yahweh. And, and, uh, and then, then of course he gives, uh, Esau a, uh, alternate blessing, but I mean, it's, it's, it's related to the truthfulness of God's name and, and, uh, and, and, and so it's something that, and, and, and in, in the end that, that, because they want to ultimately be faithful to their Lord, to, to, to the Lord. And right. so they, they don't want to, you know, or, you know, it's kind of like thinking, you know, what do they think about God? I guess that's kind of like a, a reminder to any of us, you know, when people know that we are Christians, that we are followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
you know, we should be good, good at our word or, you know, remain truthful to our word. I mean, because the world is looking over our shoulder at us as we oh, live yeah. in the world. And, no, and so that, that, that we will not bring any, any uh, dishonor on the name of right. Christ, and especially those of us who are in the pastoral ministry, you know, as St. Right. Paul says, that, so that the ministry be not blamed. I, I, I think it's St. Paul that mentions that. So, you know, right. I mean, that we have to be very circumspect in how we live. Absolutely right. I mean, like people are watching, right? Our works, they all give witness to the God whose name we bear. And this is a confession of faith in the holiness of God. And it, they're expressing their faith in, in holding God's name holy and wanting to keep it holy. I mean, I mean, really, think about it. I mean, the holiness of God, this is like literally the first petition of the Lord's Prayer, right? I mean, this is a, is a huge, big idea. And we I don't know. I mean, it, it, I think it, you know, part of it is like our loss of the notions of like uh, sacred space. Right. And, and, and that's already in theological circles, me saying that's kind of cliche almost, but, um, right. but, but, but not to like get romantic on like, you know, so let, let's go back and build all the big cathedrals again or something. That's not what I'm necessarily saying. I'm just saying that right. like in our context, we, we've kind of like, especially our, our 2020 context, we we're kind of just losing the notion of, uh, of space at all and relationships and like, you know, proximity and closeness, like, like things like this. And so it's like important to uh, recapture this and understand just on this basic level that like God's name is set apart. It is something else. It is different. It is special. You don't just treat it like everything else. And it's so important um, that if you, if you make an oath by God's name, like you should follow it. Um, for the sake of the honor of God and the gospel and the ministry, like you were saying, right? All these right. things, it, the church. And, and we are we are to be a people for his own possession. We are, you know, a chosen race, a, a royal priesthood, a people for yeah. God's own pers- per, uh, possession, uh, which is peculiar right. people in the King James Version. But I mean, oh, yeah, we're sure. God's people <laughs> in right. a godless that's right. that's world. Right. And it, well, and yeah, and that's... Well, I was going to say, like, and that's, um, that just, you know, reminds me also, like, Luther, you know, that's why I think in the small catechism, which is sort of meant to be, like, the um, kind of basic instruction meant kind of aimed at children um, and, and uh, you know, maybe, maybe kind of like the, the people who really haven't had a chance to gain much of, like, education or know very much theology. Uh, he just says when it comes to this commandment about, like, the Lord's name in vain, he just says, just don't do it. Just don't swear. Okay, just right. <laughs> just, just oh, don't yeah, do it. Jesus, because Jesus says— let your just let your word be be enough. You know, let oh, your right. yes right. be yes and your no be no, right. because right. anything and, and then, that comes more of that is of from the evil one. Right. Yeah. And so this yeah. is kind of like a, just a, an example of how, like, yeah, this is an example of how when you go and you make this oath, like, it can, be, it can be problematic. And of course, Luther gives a more detailed and nuanced explanation in the large catechism. But yeah, what he says in the in the small catechism, catechism is is good just for getting us to that point. But uh, just a couple of minutes left here. Let, let's just. So again, th- th- this curse, though, right? Um, yes. You know, he, so here, here's the curse, right? It's like, okay, they did something wrong, still, right? They, they lied, right? Like he can't right. just like let them off the hook, right? Right. Um, exactly. So he's got to do something. Sin has to be punished, right? But right. even even with that, though, there is still mercy. Like the the agreement is still honored, and um, and and just isn't this interesting? The way that they present themselves and throw themselves down like at the feet of Joshua, like whatever seems good to you do to us. Right. I mean, like right. they're, they're really just putting himself 
um, at his mercy. And this just feel this feels like many episodes in scriptures. I mean, this reminds me of like the Syrophoenician woman um, who's there just like, you know, begging, like, and, and Jesus is like saying like, no, it's not for you. Like, no, I've come to, to the people of Israel. Like, no, right. I shouldn't throw the, the food of the children to the dogs. But she just begs and she just says, just give me whatever you will. Like anything will be good enough. You know, and so I, I think you see this this connection here that like Joshua is is an image of um, the the Lord's mercy that he's going to have. And of course, the more profound thing is that instead of uh, putting a curse because um, because like sin has to be punished, right? And so instead of putting this curse on them, our Lord Jesus, the true Joshua, um, he's like, well, sin still has to be punished, though, guys. And he just puts the curse on himself. Um, so I, I do think that there is this this uh, amazing typology here for uh, foreshadowing our Lord Jesus Christ. But even even in here, like Joshua is merciful with them, and you see this. I mean, this goes back to Cain, right? Even Cain's curse. These curses are right are merciful at the end of the day. Right. Uh, Cain, uh, you know, it says, he says, well, everybody, anybody's going to kill me. And God says, well, then, you know, I'm, I'm putting a mark on you, you know, and, and it was sort of a gracious act of God. And so in the, in, the, in the case here, they're going to serve for the house of God in Gibeon, where the, the, the ark is going to be kept until the temple is built by Solomon. And in fact, it is at Gibeon that Solomon comes and, and sees his vision of the Lord, who says, ask what I shall give you. And, and, right. and so Gibeon, Gibeon partakes of a blessedness in this case. Right. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. I mean, and isn't that just, I mean, it just showcases the mercy of God, right? How merciful is our God that even as he curses, it's like he's so merciful he can't help but bless still, even in the midst <laughs> of the curse. So... Thank you so much, brother. Just so much stuff going on in this chapter. I, I appreciate that we had you today. I think you helped us get at a lot of those questions we had. Uh, thank you so much and looking forward to having you on again real soon. Yes, it's, it's just been a joy and, and to study God's word together. I've learned a lot too myself. <laughs> I, I feel the same. Thank you, brother. Everybody, that was mm-hmm. Pastor David Boyce Claire, pastor of Faith in Bethesda Lutheran Churches in Pine Lawn, Missouri. Moving on to Joshua chapter 10. I like this one too, right? Like some kind of miracle, the sun stands still. What's that about? It's been really fun, everybody. Until next time, I'm Pastor A.G. Espinosa. Peace. You've been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.